right, talkers. Thanks for joining us on this hump day. Lori and Julia are here. It is cold outside. We're going to warm it up a little with some Hollywood news. A little Pam and Tommy action for sure. And just like that's going to be brought into the mix here. So let's have a little fun, guys. On 2222. Oh, it's, oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. There used to be a TV show, Room 222. <laughs> that's right. On but Friday night. 2222. Two, two. Good job. 2222. Wow. You're the tiger, y'all. Yes, it is. Yes, mm. it is. Okay. All right. It's so. Wednesday. We thought it was Tuesday for a while, but it's hump day. What an exciting <laughs> discovery that was. <laughs> it was We're once I really. around here. We chickens with our, our heads cut off so busy, and it's like, Grant's like, is it Tuesday? And we're like, yeah. 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 And then no. I went ahead and did a whole best of of Tuesdays. Yep. When it, Wednesday. No, it's Wednesday. <laughs> that was a fun moment. What a different day. Yeah. All right. What do we know well, today? We have to give congratulations to four authors that, although Tom, we haven't had him on our show, and I know he sent us book, but the finalists for the Minnesota Book Awards. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's mostly a list of first time nominees. Lori Herzl, this was in the Star Tribune today. The awards are given out April 26th at the Ordway, but for genre fiction, here's who's nominated. Lightning Strike, William Kent Kruger. Loved it. The Stolen Hours by By Alan Alan Eskins. Loved it. Life's Too Short by Abby Jimenez. Love it. Okay, and then Insurrection by Tom Combs, and he has sent us books, and we... I don't know what, what we've done with them or we didn't read them, but he's got a lot of books and people love him. Yeah. So those are the, uh, that's the genre fiction category. And of course they have poetry and children's and young adult, but I was just like, oh, three of those people are regular authors. On I know, show. show. That's so awesome. Abby's got a new book coming out too. And one of her books is being made into either a movie or TV show. I can't remember. And of course, people know her from Nadia Cakes. Yes. He's the cupcake maker. Yes. And yes, the yes. author, amongst yes. many other things. That's yes. awesome. And then, Julia, yes, dear. there's a notable obituary, you guys, that somehow escaped our notice. The doctor who discovered the medical uses of Botox passed away. And oh, we wow. did not know wow. that. Let's honor him. Let's honor him. His name is Alan Scott. He was born in 1932. And he never intended to create our wrinkle-relaxing elixir of no, youth. it was for something else completely. <laughs> in the 1960s, he, he was a San Francisco ophthalmologist, and he was investigating, you know, this toxin produced by this Clostridium botulinum, wondering if he could harness its muscle-paralyzing properties to create strabismus. Do you guys know what strabismus is? No, but it sounds fun. It's a cross-eyed. Oh, <laughs> not fun. That's not fun. Okay. And also, blef, blefa, wait, let me sound it up. Is that lazy Blepho-raspasm. It's when you can't stop your eyes from Blinking? closing. Okay. Okay. So a purified form of the toxin was injected into people's, the patient's eye muscles, Proved effective for both things, cross-eyed wow. and the, the closing. And in 1991, he sold the drug named Oculinium to the com- company Allergen. By then, eye patients with crossed eyes and eyes that kept Blinking, blinking the blinkers, they were very happy about how the wrinkles were gone around their eyes yes. for several months. Allergen renamed the drug Botox and a billion-dollar industry was born, which... Alan Scott called charming and slightly frivolous. 
And uh, he was born in Berkeley, California. He His father was a dentist, and he earned his medical degree, and he earned turn, interned at the University of Minnesota. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then he went uh, to Stanford University, spent years at this eye research and institute in San Francisco, and he funded his research on C. botulinum by taking out a mortgage on his house and asking for donations from other doctors. Wow. And it won FDA approval in 1989. And they discovered, researchers later discovered it could be used to alleviate migraines, people with muscle spasms with cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. The other thing where people kind of, I forget what it's called, but your neck kind of bends yep. on without your, and then he didn't mind. He missed out on a fortune by selling the drug. He said, I had the satisfaction of seeing absolutely wonderful medical results. I'm not terribly good at giving away and spending money anyway. Oh. So how about that, well, Alan Scott? You know, the company. We'll forever be grateful. Forever. <laughs> yeah. um, the company that, you know, he sold it to Allergen. Here are Allergen's brands. Juvederm, Botox, Kybella, Cool Tone, Cool Sculpting, Skin Medica, Diamond Glow, and Ellie. There you go. So they oh. anyway, excel I just, in yeah. making you look better. Yeah, but I just thought, okay, That's a good one. We, for some reason, that uh, we missed that notable obituary because so many people died in January. Oh, Lord. I was just like looking at that. You know, I get that magazine, The Week, which is mm-hmm. like a compendium. Of all and, these different newspapers. Uh, yeah, and in the week, last week's issue, they had a notable for Betty White, Sidney Poitier, and then they had to have another page of all the notable people, Peter Bogdanovich, all these other people. Mm-hmm. There were so many in January mm-hmm. 2022. Andre Leontali. Mm-hmm. Just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Busy month. Busy month. Busy, busy month. And um, and then I got some very sad news. My aunt, my aunt Karen, Karen Bartlett, uh, passed away today. Not unexpected. She had congestive heart failure, but... She's my Uncle Ron's wife, and my Uncle Ron is my dad's middle brother, and they've been high school sweethearts since they were juniors in high school. And I was their flower girl. Were you really, Lori? I didn't know that. Yes, in kindergarten. Wow. Um, And I always would joke with my Aunt Karen that my love of dancing was born at their wedding reception because I have very vivid memories of being at the Duluth Community Club in my peach dress <laughs> and my white tights sliding around dancing with my sister and whoever the hell the little flower, the right. little ring bearer was. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, you know, I just felt so fancy and I just thought it was the greatest thing to dance and run around. And I just, you know, they were just, she's just a wonderful person this summer. I asked her. At our family, 4th of July, I said, Karen, are you mad that your name has been co-opted? Right. She's a Karen. Oh, no. She didn't care. I'm glad just people are saying the name Karen. Maybe it's going to be Karen's name. Keep the name going. Because, really, you hadn't heard anyone name anyone their child that in 20 years. Well, a lot of Karens are people of a certain age. Yeah. So, anyway, just um, I'm thinking about about my Bartlett family. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, she was just, um, she... Love tutus and feather boas and wearing hats and thrifting and pin art. And she was just a hoot. And she was our family historian. She researched um, her side of the family and then the Bartlett side of the yeah. family. And 
just really thinking about my uncle because they've been together since junior and high school. That's so and long. Yeah, yeah. And he's my dad's uh, middle brother. How many kids do they have? Three daughters. Okay. And um, it's weird. All of us born in July. Even though my dad was a deer hunter, Uncle Ronnie wasn't. But yet all of the kids, except for one, all born in July. And two of, uh, two of us, two of my cousins, same days. Oh, stop. Oh, Deer no. Hunter, I like that. Yeah, no, I like the, the timing there. Yeah, yeah, timing, November exactly. to Jan till July. The I like that. hunting babies. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, anyway, all right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Oh, Why are we playing that? Because uh, uh, the first three episodes of Pam and Tommy dropped on Hulu. Was it yesterday? I saw it this morning. This morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, this morning. And uh, it's like... 90s, 90s, 90s. I mean, Yellow Jackets was so 90s. The Super Bowl halftime show is so 90s. And now one of the biggest celebrity scandals of the 90s is back in this miniseries. And Hootie Fest was all 90s music. Yeah, 90s nostalgia. And I I think we can say without a doubt that Pam and Tommy Lee were the most infamous celebrity couple of the 90s. And um, before we talk about your thoughts about, did you watch one episode? I did. Okay. Um, they, Lily James and Sebastian Stan, who play Pam and Tommy, were on Jimmy Kimmel Live last night oh. ahead of the premiere. And uh, so Grant cut up a little audio okay. for us. So let's take okay. a listen. I was just watching the show uh, last night and now seeing you guys make quite a transformation. It's <laughs> very remarkable. And Sebastian, you're just in a thong, a pair of thong underpants for the whole episode, the whole first well, episode. Yeah, I mean, he didn't like to wear clothes when he uh, when he played the drums, so I, I had to, you know, basically, I, yeah. I didn't know that extended to, like, hanging out with his friends and rehearsing that he was in his underwear. Well, you know, <laughs> when you're carrying some... Some luggage around. <laughs> you're, okay, you're okay in a thong, you know. What, as far as playing Pamela Anderson, who is, you know, an iconic figure, what's here in the United States? You're not from the United States, obviously. What, like, how do you figure that out? I don't know. It was, it was the biggest challenge. And I really am crazy. When they asked me to do it, or we t- spoke about doing it, I was like, are you insane? Have you seen me? This is crazy. Um... But I, I mean, I just studied her and watched. I, I love her, you know. Do you love her? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you love her before or did you fall in love with her? Both. But, you know, I used to watch, I used to watch your, your interviews with her the whole time to learn how to do her accent. Oh, we had some very in-depth interviews. <laughs> <We> really. <laughs> when she sprayed champagne all over you that I time. have almost no memory of any of that, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you buckled down. You studied Pam and Tommy. I have to tell you, well, I was watching. I remember the whole story, you know. But my wife, we were watching, and she didn't remember even that the tape had been stolen. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Well, them. I think that's one of the things with the show that, you know, we're, we're excited for people to see. Because there's a lot about the story that people don't know. And, um, and that is one of the things, that they had nothing to do with it, you know. Um, and and it, really wa- it is a, an American crime story, after all, you know. And I also was kind of under the impression that they were just careless with the tape and left it out. But was, it was much more than that. Yeah, it was this. What one. are you leaving out of your house? <laughs> what? <laughs> when Nothing anyone wants to see, when, believe me. But when you're in the privacy of your home, you know, like, I, you don't always think about that. I guess, like, maybe now in 2022 we should, and seeing this, maybe we have to think about what we leave around. But, yeah. but you know, they were, they were home. They were in love. They, they, you know, they got married in 
four days in Cancun passionately, and, and it's like they just were acting actually like a, a married couple. And yes. The first viral tape that went out there, I mean, the first, so this was completely unprecedented situation. So. Right, this was pre-Kim Kardashian tape. <laughs> yeah, this was... They were pioneers in that respect, for sure. <laughs> in a way, it's like you're playing Lewis and Clark, you know? <laughs> <laughs> of celebrity porn. Yes, of celebrity porn. Okay, okay, so so before oh, you give the interview okay. thing, know that Pamela Anderson um, quit social media like a week ago. Okay. She wow. just put on Twitter, goodbye social media. You know, she is not for this miniseries. Nope. She fought for years to make the people who stole the tape t- to have more punishment. She felt it did wreck her career. The The story, of course, has everything. You know, beautiful people, fame, sex, scandal, crime, high cuts, what's swimsuits i mean you go on and on and on and the series is based on the rolling stones untold story about the tom and pam the pam and tommy sex tape that was stolen yeah uh, from their house because tommy lee kicked out this contractor played it's by the Seth electrician Rogan. the electrician i'm not paying you Rand so thoughts because okay. uh, rotten tomatoes it is uh 85 critics 77% audience, but I don't think a lot of people in the audience have watched it yet. Right, because I didn't, I had to look hard today. for it, too. I just signed up for Hulu this morning. Okay. Or last night I signed up and I couldn't find mm-hmm. it, so I had to look hard for it. But they've dropped three of the eight. Right. So you can binge on three. Okay, so I usually don't like to rush enjoyment TV in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about that. Yeah. I like to do it at night and savor it. But this um, show... I just, I don't know why, I was excited to see it, but it's all pretty much gives you the setup of Rand Golfer. I think that's Seth the Rogen's elect- character. The electrician. And you see what he's talking about, um, Tommy Lee's character primarily. So it's really about them remodeling. The- hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week, Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. This bedroom mm-hmm. and Tommy Lee being a dink. Mm-hmm. But walking around in his thong and when he says, when you carry that luggage, it's okay to wear a thong. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah, he wore a prosthetic penis. Yes. You can you can tell. 
Yeah. Because it, it, it has its own zip code. Okay. Um, and he has... <laughs> Which, if you've seen yeah. it, you know, and he kind of does. And he... And I've never seen it. I've never seen the sex tape. So he is just such a dink that you can see why what led Seth Rogen to do what he did. Ultimately. Steal the gun safe yeah. and then break and, into and, it and see if there's anything valuable. Yeah. And that's kind of where he mm-hmm. and it ends up with him meeting up with one of his I don't want to give it all away. Okay. But I mean everyone knows the story. Right. But it ends up with him meeting up with um Nick Offerman, who's a porn guy. It's who's his old friend who's who's no he Sorry. yeah, he's a movie maker in okay. the valley. Okay. I mean this is pre this is pre internet, internet yeah, was just starting. There weren't, you know, so it's 1990, it's the mid-90s, and so it was yeah, very... a long way from the internet. I wanted more Pam. <laughs> which you're going to get. The, which we're going to get in mm-hmm. the first episode, but I guess... Did he look like Tommy? Sebastian Stan did. There were a couple times... So cute last night on Kimmel in his red that suit. That red Damn. suit was fine. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. A little leather underneath it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was very much... I mean, he... He looked like him, I thought. Yeah. But it, again... So freaking unlikable and so volatile that yeah. you can you can see why this happened. He told Kimmel he would scream in a pillow between takes to get the rough edge of her. Tommy Lee yeah. because big sm- cigarette smoker. smoker and everything like that. And um, so and 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 apparently there's uh, you know Tommy Lee has a talking penis. I don't know if you saw it in this episode. No, or that's, that's going to be later. That's going to be later. And we learned the puppetry of the penis is actually really happening in this when they're yeah. out on in the tape and stuff. And we're going to hear about that. Oh, yeah, we see in episode yeah. two where it follows their hookup in a Mexico hotel room and he heads to the bathroom or buck naked. He has a couple minute conversation with his Johnson in the in the we're going to see that. Yeah, yep. we're going to see not, that. It hasn't happened yet, but I will say. But he does mention. The the penis mentions to Tommy Lee. Remember, we've been down this road with Heather, Jenny, and Denise. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> Meaning Denise Richards, mm-hmm. Heather Locklear, his first wife, and Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> it's wow. it's um it, you know other people are in this is like Taylor Schilling is going to be in it. Seth Rogen, Nick Offerman, Andrew Dice Clay shows up. It's the first one was the setup, mm-hmm. but you, I whoa, Tommy yeah. Lee. Yeah. Wow. All right. So the wow. acting must be good if he's making you that agitated, right? Well, I thought Sebastian Sam was amazing. Okay. Yeah. And we didn't see enough of her. Right. We'll she's episode two. Episode two. More episode she's two. very much against this. She is very much against this, but it's, people are going to watch it, and the producers say they're empathetic towards her, so we'll have to watch and see. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, we'll All, right. All right, Grant, what's happening with the traffic? Very interesting. Julia watched the penultimate episode of And Just I Like did. That from last Thursday, episode number nine, that was by far, except for two very cringy moments, uh, a return to Sex in the City and absolutely hysteria, hysterical, called No Strings Attached Loved because of it. the tampon storyline, which was hysterical. They really tapped into something that everyone could relate to. Every woman. woman. And I think dads, like, um, you know, who have daughters, too, it's become more common. Like, but in this, but it, was in this a, it was mom and yeah, daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was How very... How do you put in a tampon? And also Steve Brady saving the day with his calmness and that sweet conversation that he... I cried. I had same. a tear in my eye. I... I was so moved by this episode. I I really really loved it. I, I felt like this was the first episode that I that myself and maybe a lot of people on Twitter didn't 
hate watch mm-hmm. because I've done a lot of hate watching with that show because that show is so hyper conscious of its legacy that it's been limited with that perspective in a way. And it's just been so cringy. I do think that Miranda has gotten the, she's had the worst storylines, the worst, uh, her character makes no sense compared to her character of 20 years ago. It's like, it's two different, two different women. But yet, yet, gosh, she's a good actress. She's good, but she's she's, such a good actress, but she's got crap to work with her whole storyline with the, you know, the, uh, I kind of Jay and all of that. When she stood on the steps with the cookies and she was acting like she had never had, uh, you know, I am okay with it. Yeah. I I, I was cringe. I was cringe. And then, you know, the hot French guy, where do we know him from? Lori? Well, Emily in Paris. Yes, okay. that's what he's from. And also, it was a mistake because that character, so Seema's uh, played by Sarita Chowdhury. Yes, love her. Love her. She's approached by this man, Zed, who's the owner of the Schoolist Club in Brooklyn, and he's very hot looking. Very. We know him from Emily in Paris. Very much. And he's played by William Abadie, who... Uh, is not only Savoie's favorite client in Emily in Paris, but he has been in Sex in the City before. He played Tony in uh, in season six, episode five, the episode after the nipple episode, because we're no, season we six, were, episode no, four. We, no, we're season, season four, four, episode, episode six. six. So two years later, he played this guy named Tony, who was the friendly sales associate at Prada, who Carrie, Carrie introduces Burger to. That's funny. And so either Tony's changed his name to Zed, or the people on Just Like That completely forgot... Um, that he was already on it. That it's he okay. was already yeah. on and on the show. But uh, fans... Yeah. fans uh, I saw him and I'm like, how out. do I know him? How do I know him? How do I... He's so hot. Yeah, very, very. He's so, so hot. I just thought it was super fun. You know what I watched last night, though? Which I know... I don't know if you watch Grant, but Laurie, I know you haven't started yet. The Gilded Age. Oh, oh no. no, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I love Good. it. Yes. My the- mom was going to start it last night because she kind of found it for the first time, stumbled upon it. So. Oh, this- it got increased uh, ratings from um, where they were before. It got it went up from last week. So Good. there's been some word of mouth on that um, on that show. It's. It's so good. The, I love the costumes. Yeah. I love the setting. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. our vintage scandal today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Asters. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm telling you. And is Cynthia Nixon and Christine Baranski wonderful? I thinking they are. hate Christine Baranski. She, is she the old money? Yeah, but I hate the look of her. Oh, really? The way they do her hair. I can't stand it. Well, maybe she that's looks, how they did the hair. In the but 1880s. Cynthia Nixon looks so cute compared to her. I mean, I really what they've done to Chris. Yeah, but the just the dresses, Lori, and mm. the it. How did anybody sit with those bustles? I loved them. <laughs> Great how question. did she sit? Women. I don't know Is how that they, they always perched at the end of a chair. They have to really sit. Can't back. sit back. Yeah. But the witty dialogue, I really and um, you know Carrie, whatever her name is, Carrie Coons. Is so good. Is this, oh, now people are saying she is the number one miscast person oh, on Gilded Age. I like her wickedness. I like her edge. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. That is just the one thing that I've read. It was like, mm-hmm. why did they cast Carrie Coons? Doesn't bug me. And you know, this okay. is on HBO Max, yes. right? 
HBO. Yeah. HBO. Oh, it's on, it's HBO. on HBO Max. You can, you can catch it regularly on HBO if you have that or catch up on HBO Max just for the yes. listeners. Okay, cool. That is correct. Thank and you. then on Sunday night, uh, uh, Euphoria got beat by billions wow. on Showtime. People are hate watching Euphoria this season. Not liking it about the how it's gone from a cult darling to the they're calling it the most ridiculed show on social media and um so i've watched two of them have you guys yeah oh yeah I've, what are your thoughts not the second season not the oh, second i've watched season. the second, second season. season i have two you know what um it's heavy. i it's very heavy and it's been two years since it's been on so it's having that problem too, from having this two-year absence and all of that kind of stuff. But billions, this, their sixth season is 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 a winner. And have you been watching it? Well, I just watched the last five episodes um, of you know because they split the go. season, yeah. and so I could just so I can just go into it. But anyway. Um, it yeah, it's getting beat by uh, Euphoria. Only had three hundred thousand viewers. <gasps> wow, wow, that's up a little bit, I think, from the week before. It is. It was it like, wow. like two fifty, two sixty the week before, but still, that's ridiculously Especially low. Especially for the amount of money that looks like it costs to produce. Yeah, it looks that it looks expensive. How they do everything on that show, right? To me, mm-hmm. they're just I don't know. It's uh, it's become. The target of intense Twitter mockery and memes in its sophomore season. And so people are... um, Well, sophomore slump, I don't watch Euphoria, but I love Euphoria Twitter because it's hard to tell who's hate-watching and who's watching the show (laughs) because they actually like it. That's Vulture film critic Allison Williams. And it's kind of similar to how a lot of people feel about it. And just like that, they hate-watch it. Did you gasp at the Holocaust? Yeah, I did, but I also loved Mario Cantone's out. Get out! You know, I love Yeah, him. but it was just such a beat, bad, cheap joke. Yep. Um, and then... I've got a new show. Oh, do you have something? Well, just that the, fi- the finale of And Just Like That is tomorrow, drops tomorrow. So there's a lot of conversation going on right now about, is there going to be another season? Oh, you know that there is. You, they, why would they do a documentary? Uh, Michael Patrick King gave a big interview to Variety. I know he did. Talking about... Um, Samantha's character. Samantha. She's not welcome back. Back, yeah, and... Um, also, you know, talking about how successful it is. And I thought, well, don't forget the success of and just like that is also due to the hate watching. And people are just like appalled and, and upset about it. Yeah. It's just been just the most disappointing show that we were the most excited to look forward to watching. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this hate watching and all this criticism can set up for maybe a better season because they well, can take one, notes and, and, I and think so, Grant. go back to I, I the formula? I think formula? that they've worked out all of their issues about being politically correct that they weren't back in the day. Okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, I mean yeah. but I mean, they've had to set up new characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, regular characters for yeah. us. And they've had to do some extra back work and they had some, it wasn't fun. Yeah, but these last two, I think I'm hoping are going to be fun, and I think that it feels like it can be lighter now. Well, and I hope that they get the fifty something experience wrong because they have so far portrayed. You mean right. I mean right because they have so far portrayed the fifty something experience completely wrong. They're portraying it like you're eighty. They're making fifty be the new eighty instead of fifty being just the new fifty. 
except you should. How about SJP's wearing the see-through back top and everything? She still dresses the bar. Oh, I love her clothes I love and her stuff. Clothes. And there was a celebrity stylist who worked on that show, and she said Sarah Jessica Parker never took off her high heels all day. And when we were um, Grant, we were on location when they filmed our Body Perks episode. Because we got invited to the set because we were the first idea outside of the writer room and the only idea to make it on the show. So we got invited to come and watch the taping. And we were so struck when they were setting up everything for the bar scene where the girls were going to, I think it was Samantha that pulled out mm-hmm. the nipples. She got him in a kit. But we saw Kristen Davis and her slipper Uggs and Kim Cattrall wearing like, you know, half an Ugg and Cynthia Nixon in her tennis shoe or something. And then out comes Sarah Jessica Parker in six-inch sky-high platform high heels. And we were just like, all they haven't even started. They've been here since noon. This was like 7 o'clock. Oh, yeah, she she does wear those high heels mm-hmm. all the time. And I remember the wardrobe lady told us that, oh, yeah, she keeps them on. Because she painted in those beautiful oh, yeah. high heels. Oh. and she, I don't know how she does it. I don't know either, but she can wear them all day long. And we know that she does... Do that because the stylist is like, I never saw her take off her high heels. She looks once. amazing. Yeah. So that's why she does have pump pumps, mm-hmm. you know, for that, that thing. But I have Steve, them and I didn't wear high heels. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that Steve got some love. I thought that was the most poignant conversation in the bathroom Loved when he it. was asking her about Miranda because it doesn't make sense. Just the whole way, all yeah. of that, you know, yeah. like what 50 some year old guy isn't going to know how to do some things you know but uh anyway he saved the day by opening something julia julia it's a week on come (laughs) on i'm not giving out any big secret i wish i could have found my ring that was a good tease yeah i wish i could have found my ring remember i grant grant it's probably still in the trap no what? Taking it all apart. I lost a ring like three days after I got it for Christmas once. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, it was, I was devastated. Oh, yeah. Devastated. Did you guys take apart the P-trap? Yeah, everything was. Yeah. It, it couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, oh The fact me. that we even know what the P-trap is is 100% due to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and we're not talking about anything the on the toilet. No, it's something in, under your sink. Yes, yeah, under your sink. Okay, <laughs> listen, when we come back, uh, we have got, there is some... News swirling in the media world. We'll be right back. Thank you, Grant. No problem. Thank you, Grant. I we got some new followers at Hootie Fest. You know. Hey. Oh, did you get to oh, do yeah. some things? I got some things. I you know, because we podcast every day. In case people were running, you can catch us wherever you are. And the My Talk app is really cool. Okay, so let's start with the view. The, oh, let's start with the right. view. Okay, very terse. Joy Behar comes on. No whoopee. The news broke last night on the New York Times that ABC had suspended her for two weeks. And Whoopi looked straight in the camera. Well, you all know what happened. Let's move on to hot topics. Not Whoopi, Joy Bay. Joy Bay are very terse. Yeah. And apparently the ladies were upset about the suspension. Apparently, she, Whoopi is livid telling coworkers she is going to quit the show. She feels humiliated that ABC suits have suspended her. Because suspension from her, for her from The View is like getting suspended from Bravo. Hmm. The bar is very low. Yeah. Reps are not returning any calls, but she's taking the suspension hard and says she wants to leave the show. It's so humiliating. 
And, you know, I wonder if for Whoopi, if she hadn't doubled down on her comment about the Holocaust and what she said was that the Holocaust was not about race, race. but about man's inhumanity yes. to man. She said it a couple times. I bet her view co-workers are wishing they pushed harder back. And would have helped her out of that helped situation. Helped her out of that, but Whoopi kept digging that and said it a couple times. And and I kept thinking, Whoopi, do you mean, you don't confuse race with skin color, first of all. But then she went on Colbert. I know. And kept digging. Yeah, it wasn't good. And kept wanting to say, no, the Holocaust, Holocaust is about man's inhumanity. Um, you could say it's about both, but it is most definitely 100%, first to start with, was about race. race. Well, and what did with Hitler call himself? Inferior race. race. There you and, go. And with there is a growing fear among uh, Jewish people because the anti-Semitism is, is remarkably on the rise. Yes, it is. And um, it is not okay. And um, and I am mad at the writers of and just like that for using that that cheap Holocaust joke on in their episode. It, it had no place. Nobody's calling them out for it, but I am. But anyway, Whoopi is gone for two weeks. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if she will really end up quitting because she just signed a contract yeah. a couple months ago. So yeah. I don't know, Julia. What do you think? I have no idea. Yeah. Really. I got to be honest. If I yeah. was her and someone, um, I had a two week vacation. I mean, two week break. It's suspension. It's, it's humiliating. It's, it's humiliating. Yeah. It, because at the end of the day, she did apologize. She, but she was forced to. She Julia. was, of course, she was. She, she was forced to. She the was outcry just, I couldn't, it from people just, immediately. It, it was so. Yeah. And I'm sure her co stars wish that they pushed her back. Harder, but she did it at the end of the segment where sometimes she does the I'm all I'm gonna tell you about stuff. And Whoopi does sometimes, um, she has in the past, you know, um, gone off on something. And she, like, when she defended Bill Cosby, that's another thing. After the 50 women, she fiercely defended Bill Cosby, and everybody at the table was just like, What are you talking about? You know, this guy. It's been an, a long time coming, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I don't know if they didn't push back enough because there wasn't enough time, but anyway. But she also, on the Bill Cosby thing, it, it said she was wrong about that. I mean, people make mistakes. I, I guess this one was so dumb because she did double down it, and she went on an evening show, and she had time to think about it and and, you know, Come on. Yes, she made it worse. She she should have gone that night on it, even though it was a CBS and something else. But it would have been better than waiting for overnight for all these uh, phone calls. And then she did, you know, post something on Twitter and she hasn't posted anything since. And then and then apology and apology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, um, And then, you know, big news over at CNN with their uh, chief executive, Jeff Zucker, abruptly resigning following the disclosure of a longtime sexual relationship with the top executive at the cable news network who reported to him. And the disclosure followed the inquiry that led to the firing of Chris Cuomo. And it came out that he was having this long time affair with this woman who reported to him. It was a very open secret at mm-hmm. CNN. Everyone knew about it. As a matter of fact, I learned about it in Katie Couric's tell-all book. That he was dating this woman, Allison? Well, so, so Katie Couric, you know, 
he was Kitty Kirk's producer at the Today Show. This young buck. Yeah, because he's um, only like Harvard grad. Yeah, 56. Yep, and so he was super young when he started working with Katie Couric, and obviously they were extremely successful there, and so when she um, was leaving and was going to, they wanted her to do her own talk show, she asked him to work on her talk show with her. And they were actually asking Matt Lauer to come before Matt Lauer's demise to come and be a part of the Katie Couric talk show as well. Um, that was happening. That was out to there. do what to be a part of the talk show. It would be Katie and him. They asked him to come and I, do it. Never done that. I, well, they asked him. Yeah, but he would never would have done it was, that. Not unless right? it had been Matt and Katie. And so when the talk, talk show work and the, she kept talking about the focus groups of the talk show it was supposed to be at this certain type of woman, and they were just so off. We remember when this started, and we thought. I was like, we were excited for her to have it because we really grew up with Katie Kirk and loved her and thought she would do a great job, but she really missed the mark of daytime talk shows. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, you know, the focus group wanted this person. You had to imagine this person, blah, blah, blah. And she was dense. She said, I made a mistake, but so did Jeff Zuckerberg. But Jeff, Jeff Zucker. Zucker wanted to bring in this other woman that he's having this, this Alan, Allison to be part of it too. And she's like, we already have someone else doing that. We can't have any more money in the show. We're not making any money kind of thing. So he was pushing her down her throat. And so she, Katie Kirk became friends with Jeff Zucker's wife, Karen, and knew that this Allison moved into Jeff Zucker's building with her husband and her kids. And this affair was going on and knew there was some things off. And so it was became a very uncomfortable. They both got divorced from this affair because they both are divorced. They're now. Yeah, but at the time this was all going on, and families Mm. lived a floor apart from each other. So, anyway, but people are mad. She's keeping her job, Mm -mm. and he's not. Wow, twenty years. Mm -hmm. That's a long. Of course, everyone would know about that, right? If it had gone on, she was the. She's the. uh, She reported to him in the top communications post Mm -hmm. under him at NBC. Yes. And then went to CNN with him. And then she went yeah. to CNN with him. So it's it's a lot. People are wondering why now, what's going on, because um, Warner is merging with something's happening. There's a big merger happening. And- but don't a lot of companies have it in their policy that if you are having a relationship? Now, right. Now, we just signed something. I, this yeah. Before... Who had the big? I think this came after the Matt Lauer stuff, and after you some of that, re- you can't disclo- have inner offer no, no, disclosure. You, you have to disclose. Yes, if you're having a consensual relationship, relationship. with somebody at work, particularly yep. if that person reports, reports to you. them, or exactly. There's a an and they were asked when the internal um, Chris Cuomo investigation. Yeah, investigation was going on. Thank you for giving me that word. And Chris Cuomo, if they were having it, and they both said no. Oh, so. So I, I bet she goes next. Yeah. I bet you anything. Mm-hmm. Dear, dear, Crazy dear. Stuff. Well, here's what Kathy Griffin had to say because she was fired by Jeff Sucker for CNN for the, the yeah. New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, yeah. Karma is the most patient gangster. Whoa. Whoa. Snap. Love it. All, All right. right. We'll be back.